Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus, we thank you for that love that you, our God, only know. That you know us, that you see us, that you care about us. That you have a great plan and mission and purpose for our lives that is unique to each and every one of us. Jesus, we pray for a fresh outpouring over the Holy Spirit here tonight. Lord, we all need your loving. We all need your loving, Lord. We need to be blessed and affirmed and reassured in our true identity. And we need courage and wisdom and counsel and fortitude to carry out the mission that you have entrusted to each one of us. We pray for those graces here tonight, Lord. Teach us how to pray. Holy Spirit, teach us how to pray. We pray that the desires of our hearts, the cries of our hearts that have been silenced for whatever reason or that just never even were activated or awakened would come alive tonight. Holy Spirit, come. Awaken our hearts. Awaken our desires. The desires that God has placed in our hearts for communion, for glory, for truth and goodness and beauty. Purify that eros that God, you yourself, put in our hearts. Help us to direct our eros, our desires for goodness, truth, and beauty to you. And help us to find fulfillment and perfect happiness in you. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John, chapter 16, verses 1 and following. Jesus said, All this I have told you so that you will not fall away. They will put you out of the synagogue. In fact, the time is coming when anyone who kills you will think they are offering a service to God. They will do such things because they have not known the Father or me. I have told you this so that when their time comes, you will remember that I warned you about them. I did not tell you this from the beginning because I was with you, but now I am going to him who sent me. None of you asks me, where are you going? Rather, you are filled with grief because I have said these things. But very truly, I tell you, It is for your good that I am going away. 
Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. About sin because people do not believe in me. About righteousness because I am going to the Father where you can see me no longer. And about judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I've often thought that when Jesus said these words at the Last Supper, especially when he said that it is better for you that I go, they must have been all like, you got to be kidding me. Come on, Jesus. How can that be better? We love you so much. We've spent all this time with you. We've seen you work these miracles. We've seen you raise people from the dead and feed thousands. We've seen you cast out demons. We've seen you prophesy. How could it be better for us that you go? You ever think about that? They were so close. It'd be like your best friend in the world telling you, you know what, it's really better that I go. What? Because if I don't, the advocate won't come. The Holy Spirit. So what does that say about the Spirit? If it was better for Jesus to go, then the Spirit must be pretty awesome. And I think the Lord Jesus wants us to get to know the Spirit better tonight. The Spirit of truth, the Spirit of God, who leads us into all truth, who reveals to us the Father and the Son. And it's better in a sense because there was only one Jesus in the flesh, right? This is sort of the simple answer to why it was better. Because there was just one Jesus in the flesh. You can imagine how they were always fighting for that first place, right? I mean, the Gospels even talk about it. And it's understandable, right? They all wanted to be close to Jesus. But now... His very spirit is going to be sent to everybody. To everybody that believes. As John wrote later, reflecting on this experience. I mean, this is his gospel, right? But in terms of the story in his prologue, those who believed in him, he gave power to become children of God. So now every believer would become a temple of God. 
and share in the spirit of God, the power of God, the glory of God, the love of God. So that's why it was better. Because now you wouldn't have to stand in line. (laughs) Now you wouldn't have to wait for hours to get a glimpse of Jesus. You would just have to simply make an act of faith, believing, and once you were baptized, well then, God was with you 24-7. As this one woman who was at our house on retreat last fall and impressed Father Jason Smith, she said, oh, I never, I never feel alone, Father. I have the three in me, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. I'm never alone. I have the three in me. So true. So true. So that's a truth that we have to ask God to help us be more aware of. Holy Spirit, help me to be more aware of your presence in me, of God's presence in me. Help me to know that the three are in me and that you're available 24-7 and that you're wanting to bless me and affirm me and encourage me and pardon me and heal me. But here's the thing I think that many Christians don't realize, and that is that the risen Lord Jesus wants to live his resurrected life through you and with you and in you. And he does that through the Holy Spirit. Another reason why it was better from Jesus' point of view. Because he's like, now I'm going to have millions of, of disciples performing miracles all over the earth. You're going to set the world ablaze. And that's why he would say elsewhere in the Gospels, right? I came, you know, I have a baptism to be baptized with. And how I wish, you know, I could be experiencing that already. Because I came to set the world ablaze with the fire of his love, with the Holy Spirit. Some of you know of this Italian mystic, Luisa Picaretta, and she wrote volumes. But one thing I remember, not that I've read all the volumes, but one thing I remember reading is this, that I think it was God the Father who was speaking to her. And he said, you know, I purified the world the first time with water, with a flood. I purified the world the second time with the blood of my son. I'm going to purify it again through the fire of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that powerful? When you hear that, don't you like, doesn't that sound true? Doesn't that sound hopeful? And that's what the church has been praying for now for over 50 years. Like I said, the Second Vatican Council, as poorly as it may have been implemented, was inspired. John Paul II and Pope Benedict both were convinced of that. They both participated in it as cardinals. I think they were both cardinals. Maybe, actually... Maybe they won't work both cardinals at the time. They were both bishops anyway. So they were convinced of its authenticity. 
John Paul II actually had a lot of success implementing a lot of the spirit, the true spirit of Vatican II back in Poland before he was called back to Rome to serve as Pope. But the opening prayer for the Second Vatican Council asked for a new Pentecost, prayed for a new Pentecost. So you as a Christian, remember what that means. That means you are anointed because the word Christ means the anointed one, right? So as a Christian, you are an anointed one in the anointed one par excellence. So you have been anointed with power from on high and this divine person lives in you and wants to speak through you and act through you. He wants to bless through you. He wants to transform you first and foremost. He wants to transform you. He wants to consume you in the fire of his love. I think it's John of the Cross who uses that analogy. I think we all like fires, right? A beautiful fireplace, a real wood-burning fireplace, right? And what happens to the wood? You ever notice that? It gets consumed by the flame. And at some point, you really can't tell. Is that, is that the log or is that the flame? Or where does one start and the other end, right? Isn't that interesting when you think about that? Notice it the next time you're in front of a fire. And it's the fire of the Holy Spirit. We're the log. And the fire is consuming us and transforming us into what? The fire. Become the fire. Become the fire. That can be our prayer tonight. Holy Spirit, set us on fire. Make us fire. Transform us. Consume us. Consume all of our fears, all of our worries, our doubts, our pride, our envy, you name it. Whatever needs to be purified. And give us new courage, new boldness. I like to point out that in Acts chapter 4, after Pentecost, because Pentecost is chapter 2, but then Peter and John start to suffer some persecution. They get arrested, they get reprimanded. They're eventually released. In Acts chapter 4, they're gathered together again. Maybe we should just read it. Let's read it. Acts 4. So they go back. The believers pray, Acts 4, 23. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. They were being scolded. They were being told not to preach. So now what's happening? There's persecution. What does that mean? That means the bar has been raised in a sense. There are now obstacles that they have to get over so to speak, that they have to climb, that they have to conquer in order to preach the gospel now. 
So what did they do? When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, the whole community was praying. You made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Does that mean that they weren't filled two chapters ago on Pentecost Sunday? No. But since that time, again, the bar had been raised. So now they need more. They need more of the Spirit to be just as effective. So they're asking for more. Do we need more of the Holy Spirit today in our world? Teachers at Everest, do you need more of the Spirit to connect with these kids? Right, Parents, grandparents, do you need more of the Spirit to connect with your kids and, and witness to them about the love of Jesus? I think so. The world isn't really helping anymore. Right? There's not a whole lot of collective peer pressure. So we need more. We, need, we, we gotta ask for more. Because you don't get what you don't ask for. So you gotta ask. Some of you have commented to me about that today. I never thought to ask for that. I never thought to ask for myself. Well, here are the apostles and early disciples modeling for us. They were praying for more for themselves so that they could go out and preach and witness. But you can't give what you don't have, right? And you're not going to get, you're not going to have what you don't ask for. So we got to ask. Don't be afraid to ask. So let's pray for a greater relationship with the Holy Spirit. Let's not forget that he's God too. He's a person. He's not just a power, but he's a divine person who wants to literally take up residence, who has taken up residence in your soul. But he wants to be active. He wants to act with power and glory and majesty. He wants to perform signs and wonders through you and with you and in you. He wants you to be light and salt. Each and every one of us is desired and wanted and chosen by God for a purpose. God needs all of you. Like I said early on in our retreat, if you're on this retreat, it's because God is really counting on, on you. 
He believes in you. (laughs) You may not believe in yourself, but God believes in you. He arranged for you to be here this week because he's very interested in your transformation, in your holiness, in your wholeness. But he's also counting on you to be that light and that salt. He needs you. His mystical body is crying out for you. His thirst, his thirst continues to echo in so many people who are so lost, so confused, so so hurting. I thirst, let that, let that cry of Jesus coming from the mouths, coming from the hearts of so many people that you all know. Some of them live under the same roof that you do. So let that cry touch your heart and inspire you to keep asking for more. Jesus, give me more compassion. Jesus, give me more patience. Jesus, give me more wisdom and understanding and and counsel so that I can speak words of life to my brothers and sisters, to my sons and daughters. I want more. And if you don't have that hunger, ask him for that hunger tonight. God, increase my hunger, my thirst. Jesus, let me share in your thirst. I don't know if you know this, but in the chapels of Mother Teresa, have you ever seen that? Right here on the wall next to the crucifix in every chapel that the missionaries of charity have. Big bold letters, I thirst. It's just painted, you know, it's kind of gaudy, I guess, right? No interior interior decorator would recommend it, but Mother Teresa doesn't care about that, right? I thirst, and she let that thirst of Jesus become her own. And so we can ask for that same thirst. And with that thirst comes a desire for more, for more wine, right? More Holy Spirit, that new wine. So with that, Jesus, continue to bless us here tonight. Continue to pour out your spirit. Increase our thirst, Jesus. May we share in your thirst for for the salvation of souls, for the healing of hearts, for the unity of the body of Christ. As you prayed over and over again at the Last Supper, may we be one, Lord. May we all be one in your love through the Holy Spirit. Amen.